0: If you like listening to United We Stand Boots on the Ground political podcast, think about seriously becoming a supporter. You can support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help support future episodes. Just click on the support this podcast button. And once again, thank you for your support. Hey, this is Jess Is with united we stand boots on the ground political podcast this is the ohio sessions i'm here with another gentleman um he was an ohio resident uh, resides somewhere else we're gonna just get right into it so first off i'm gonna have you say hi hello <laughs> all right cool all right and i always start this off with the uh the top questions um right away it's a, you know it's a political podcast and this is kind of what we do okay so do you know who your president is just Donald the, Trump. Okay. All right. <laughs> do you know who your congressman is? John Lewis. Okay, Thank cool. God. All right. Um, uh, do you have a selectman? Uh, if, if there's one, I don't know. Okay. No. So, All right. You can always say no. If you don't know. Okay, that's cool. And if there might not be one. Every, every selectman is, is
1: like the city councilman? Yeah, yes.
0: Yes. That kind of thing. Um, you know, I'm not really sure who my councilman is right now. Okay. All right. Sorry well, we you that. should know. Do you have a mayor? I you mean, don't have to. My, uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms okay. is my mayor. So there, there, there you go. All right. So um, the topic we've been on uh, over the last couple of sessions, and this will probably be this way for the next couple of months anyway, is all kitchen table. I know we're an election year coming up and we really want to get into what's affecting it, the everyday American the things that we care about most, not so much as the things that are mainstream media. We will get to that at some point, but kind of not right now. So I'm going to ask you something that's kind of been kitchen table for a while, uh, might not really affect your world, but maybe you have thoughts on this. So when I say minimum wage, what do you think of? How old were you when you started working?
1: I was 16 when I got my first job.
0: Okay. And that was the minute you were paid the minimum wage? Uh. You don't have to say what it was at the time, but if you were getting a minimum wage, or were you getting more than a minimum wage? Or
1: well, so my first job, I worked at McDonald's for a few days, and then a friend of mine's mother was opening, or sister actually, was managing a... Clothing store, and she asked me to come to work. And I was very happy to. to uh, <laughs> oh, so you didn't to want to do too
0: much time at McDonald's, <laughs> and, and my time at the French Frying Legion, and, and, and go to work at yeah, clothing some of store. Us, yeah, we call that doing time. Doing time at McDonald's. Yeah, um, that was actually my first uh, job. was oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, my first. Job. All right. So you were getting a minimum a minimum wage. Um, one of the things that we we hear a lot about is um, how uh, there's talk about raising that minimum wage now. I do know, in my neck of the woods, they, they want to distinguish between what is a minimum wage versus a livable wage, and making that distinction. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think that um, we should have a higher minimum wage. The minimum wage in real dollars has not, or in uh, year-adjusted dollars, calendar-adjusted do- dollars, has not changed significantly in decades, is my understanding and uh the federal minimum wage i believe is seven dollars and fifty cents an hour Um, but do you realize you're probably very aware of this since you're doing your podcast there are states that have no minimum wage alabama for example if i'm not mistaken the minimum wage in alabama is nothing they have So people could actually
0: see I did not wow, I did not yeah, know there that are you're educating There yeah. are
1: several states in this country that have no minimum wage and I think the ones that have no minimum wage are generally in the deep south.
0: Okay. Well see this most most Americans don't know this. Um, and that's that's one of that's one of the really great things about what we're doing here at United We Stand on the ground is getting to speak with other other Americans and we're not just getting spoon fed what we get from what would be as the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or um, where, where a certain kind of narrative kind of gets put in, and that, and there's the spin, and we move on. You educated me. I did not know that. I, mine, should, mine, mushroom f- clouding right now. You should, fact, <laughs> you should fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure. That well, that's no, that's the you case. know, we live in the age of Google, that's right. <laughs> so yes, we can always fact check that. Another one of the uh, hot button topics lately have been uh, the healthcare and the cost of healthcare without getting to too much what you do for a living and what you do for work, but uh, I'm assuming you have health care. Mm,
1: I guess. Okay, I all
0: right. Um, what are your thoughts on things like universal health care or uh, the Affordable Health Care Act and um, or, or just privatized? What, what are your thoughts on what's happening right now with the health care system?
1: Well, in this country, what I understand is that we have this system that's unique in the world and that our health insurance and our health care is attached to our employment. And I actually work with cancer patients. That's what I do professionally. Wow, and, um, that's awesome. Uh, so, thank you. Um, uh,
0: it's honorable it's, work, sir. It's, it's, now you want to look it's, at
1: that. It's my, mm-hmm. um, it's my privilege. But I often watch people who are working and suddenly have these devastating health crises that then are worried about their income and losing their health care. And sometimes cancer treatment, remissions and relapses can go on for years. and so it can be really debilitating to have cancer, and it comes back and you can become unemployable and uninsurable, and uh, it's, so like- it's, it's devastating to have a health crisis like that. It's emotionally devastating, frightening for the patients, and to think that their health insurance and health care is attached to whether or not they can work when all they're really focusing on is surviving is just, it's an incredibly cruel system. Yes, And it it needs to change. My understanding is that it happened when the job market was very competitive in the early part of the 20th century and there were controls on raises, and so we employers introduced health care to employment as a way to entice employees to to join, I think it might have been, in the automotive industry.
0: Some companies have uh, tried to circumvent that by uh, hiring employees part-time so that they didn't have to supply those benefits. Now, I come. I hail from a state where we have, uh, before it was called the Affordable Health, it was called Romney Care. It was actually, uh, the plan was brought in by Mitt Romney where uh, he actually passed a law where either you have to have insurance or you get charged a fee. So basically, everybody has has to have insurance and made it so that insurance, though, was affordable for everyone who lives in the state of Massachusetts. So you have what is called the bare minimum, which is normally MassHealth, you can have that as your secondary in have, and if you want better insurance, you can have the better insurance and still have that as a secondary kind of cushion, but it's your bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, so I realize that there are other states out there that don't have it as well as we have it in Massachusetts, and uh, yeah, I have to agree that kind of sucks. Um, and that's something that we really should uh, do something about. Being a person that is now a walking pre-existing condition, yeah, I, I would say that I have a uh, vested interest. <laughs> so it's hard for me to be impartial. <laughs> and uh, seeing something like that change. Um, so we, we are talking, this is kind of related to a healthcare. Well, we hear right now that we're living in the best economy as of right now, and, and in some odd years anyway. Most will agree that this was something that's been steadily rising over, what 12 12 years if i'm not mistaken from uh oh obama moving up uh, some people have forgotten the bush years <laughs> I mean, they really have um and so we're constantly hearing how we're living in the best economy and yet we do see people that don't have enough to um to take care of themselves if, if something like that were to happen where are your thoughts
1: well i think it's uh i don't know who's rating this as the best economy when people have when so many Americans have um, job housing and food insecurity and like you said I think that it's Bernie Sanders has probably been the most outspoken um, advocate for changing the wealth disparity in the country and for addressing it as a a problem I happen to think it's politically really destabilizing um, that things should be more equitable and we should have more people that don't have to worry about their housing and their food. And I think that the figure that he cites is that most people cannot come up with $400 for a crisis. It's a very high percentage of the family, or the, the nation, that couldn't yeah, meet a, a, you know, a sudden. Those a the numbers sudden I'm getting. There's yeah, a lot of truth to that. Yeah, And so um, to I think the economy is the best economy. I don't know. I think that some of the economic commentary that I'm hearing lately looks at something that i think we need to fundamentally address whether or not we judge the economy by how much product we're consuming Um, it just seems that sometimes we're on this consumer driven the more we consume the better the economy is and that's not sustainable
0: I don't think it's sustainable for the planet, but I, I don't think it's culturally sustainable either. Um, so one of the things that uh, I want to get your thoughts on is there's been a lot of talk out by my, me and it was uh, something that was real big in Cambridge. I happened to be in Cambridge, and I uh, started seeing these signs all over the place. And, and this is Cambridge, you know, in Boston. And there were things that talked about bringing back rent control. And maybe that could help um, with the cost of living. What your thoughts?
1: I'm not really familiar with uh, how rent control works, I don't think we have anything that looks like rent control in Georgia, which is where I live now. We do have affordable hiz- housing problems, especially as the, the city is becoming more and more um, invigorated economically and there's an enormous amount of building and growth and people moving back into the city, it's becoming less affordable for the people that... Uh, for people like teachers and firemen and policemen to live in the city. But yeah, and that's
0: uh, that's a, that's something that um, I've been hearing a lot about, where they're gentrifying and they're doing things where the people that actually service the the area can no longer afford to live in that area.
1: Mm-hmm. And so uh, there are politicians within the city that are looking at affordable housing. And uh, I'm not sure what the solutions to that are, and I'm not sure if rent control is part of that. I think some of the development that the, the city is um, working with the developers to create a certain percentage, if there's a large development that's going into an area, then 30 to 40 percent of it has to meet a certain income level that's...
0: Well, only can't. so far
1: above the poverty level. Okay,
0: well, yeah, and that's kind of like we're in control. So um, horrible if you're a, a landlord. Well, look, we are in a crisis. Right? The average person can't save. The average person can't really get her done without two or three jobs, which is insane. Um, so, yeah, let's do something to kind of balance that out, okay? So maybe if, because, uh, you know, I interview folks that have small businesses that say, look, if I pay more than I, can, I can't afford to be open now in a state like mine and again I'm only speaking about my state which is why I love traveling all over this great country Um, in my state you have to have workman's comp insurance if you have employees you have to have and it ends up making that where if you raise that um, minimum wage right now for us I think it's 12 and some change Mm -hmm. and if you raise it up to that 15 well that that small business owner can no longer afford his his or her employees Um, which really sucks Mm -hmm. Um, and there needs to be a way to balance that equation
1: I thought that uh, isn't it that you have to have workers' compensation if you have over a certain number of
0: employees. Uh, yeah, it's like I four, fi- or five. No, uh, it's, uh, it's actually it's a lot lower than most people. I th- that I, I'm almost certain because I, um, when I had a small business, it, I uh, had only like two employees, and I was getting the thing where it said you had to have uh, some kind of insurance. Maybe in Georgia it's, like
1: it's 15, so. but I, I, I'm kind of old, and so you know, old guys just make stuff up. So I might be making that up.
0: No, you know what? No, you might be right on the money. I, you know, it's uh, every place is different, but I know it's. Um, um uh, it, it hits a small business different than it does uh, a bigger business mm-hmm. or so even just I mean I mean what what I'm thinking of when I say small business maybe you got like five six employees So I think we got two
1: questions sort of joined there one was about workers compensation the other one was
0: about rent control Yeah I'm just uh, I tend to segue okay, so okay. yeah just stay with me and right, <laughs> right, no okay. no yeah no like um, it's something I uh, I, I, I tend to do um where we i asked you original question and like i said we'd sometimes jump down the rabbit hole okay and, and okay. kind of i'm like oh and you know because you said something that sparked a thought and yeah so it kind of flows that way but yes uh go back to the rent <laughs> control <laughs> well
1: uh, uh i'm not sure i mean the i don't see all landlords as a monolith i think that there are exploitive landlords, um, and. exploitive uh, I believe in fairness, justice, and and those concepts. And I believe people should have enough, but that they shouldn't make um, exorbitant, ridiculous profits while other people are going without secure housing. Go ahead. If I could say something in the meantime, it's, uh, I work in a hospital and um, I hear people, I hear politicians a lot vilify poor people. And uh, what I see in the hospital where I work is that many of the people that work the jobs that pay less work a lot more than the people, the jobs that pay more. It's shocking to me, but I'm used to it at this point because I hear it so often that um, the people that are working environmental services or the more menial tasks in the hospital, the less highly paid and the less highly skilled, are working at two or three different places or working 60, 70, 80 hours a week and raising families. Yes. And I don't know how they do it. They're better people than I am because, um, you know, as far as I'm not a parent, the, and I just think all parents are heroes if they're willing to take on another vulnerable, needy person and sort of try to shepherd them through life and provide for them. Yeah, it's and a, it's, uh, it's and just, bite. it's um, awful to, to, um, to hear to see <coughs> see what I see which is people struggling and working hard and hear people um, actually vilify them
0: or or downplay them. it's a uh, kind of the way <coughs> I felt that as a, as a tradesman I've often heard individuals um, Downplay going to trade school. Meanwhile, now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, where we have, um, where I was one of the youngest guys um, in my 40s, I was considered one of the young guys mm-hmm. um, because we wouldn't have that many other guys coming up um, to into trades because somehow we. Made trades into something like, a, well, you couldn't make it in college, so clearly you're, that's what you're cut out for. So I'm working as a field hand somewhere. When, uh, I, I can't say this enough. Um, you know, even with the technology we're using right now, um, you know, try getting by without without the uh, plumber, without your electric man, without the people that you know, uh, the people that, or even even the garbage man. No, instead.
1: there are, there are lots of smart people doing work that doesn't mm-hmm. require PhDs. Yes. And, um, Some are happy I, doing it. I, I chose
0: lo- my, this, well, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead, C- continue, i I was
1: just going to say I really like the, I'm, again, I'm from Georgia and I really like the example that our ex-president Carter um, is constantly living an example of, even recently, even though he's had falls and yeah, he's yeah, in his so 90s, um, he was, he's uh, been working on work Habitat on for Humanity houses. So he understands that the work of our hands is, it, there's nobility in that
0: it is and it's it's um in my second half of uh, my this new career um it's the one thing i missed the most is uh that, that hard day's work mm-hmm. um i don't think i ever worked a day to be honest with you i loved what i did um i really did and i don't think i ever worked uh, you know i do arguments sometimes at a job site but for the most part uh, all the guys we all enjoyed our each other's company and it was just it was it was great it was a, it was a really great time in my life
1: so I don't know what the balance is. I know that the, the economy moves toward higher skilled and uh, more educated workforce. Um,
0: but they don't want to pay as much. One of the things that um, I've experienced and others out there have experienced where you work someplace where they'll train you. They'll give you all the extra training you want and still continue to pay you at that, uh, not so much what you're worth. I think that
1: organized labor and uh, labor unions have lost a lot of ground and that used to, that was a movement that helped to honor the, the people that build this country. And I think that unfortunately we've moved to a place where we look more at the people that do the heavy lifting in the building and the stuff that we all rely on to have quality of life. Uh, the infrastructure and the buildings that we live in, we look at that as a disposable labor, labor force as uh, typically young men, but young men and women who can work hard, wear their bodies out, and then uh, and then we're done with them. We don't provide them with um, the sort of support that they need that the labor unions do. Because if you work as a carpenter, or a bricklayer, or an electrician for 30 years, it used to be if you're with the union 30 years and out, and that's probably, uh, full pension. and yes, and probably 30 years of that kind of labor is as much as most bodies can handle before,
0: pre-existing conditions
1: before a body is uh yeah, worn out and, yeah. well
0: any kind of labor is uh there's a lot to your back your uh your spine and uh i can tell you from experience it's labeled now as a pre-existing condition
1: shoulders uh, knees hips yeah. sure
0: all of that i'm gonna ask you a couple of maybe uncomfortable questions don't answer anything that makes you feel uncomfortable so there's been a lot of talk about being caught up in what is called the cultural war um some have argued that this culture war began 20 some odd years ago uh, when I'm bringing up examples of where we say this is uh, a lot of what I hear now is it's hard being a, a straight Caucasian male. Some, some individuals have uh, some folk really do believe that they're, that they're now victimized or being shamed in a way. Um, we have things like the Me Too movement. Um, we have the anti-bullying. A lot, bottom line, a lot of things that might have been kosher, for lack of a better term, in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, we have America that now looks a lot more, well, the America now we see on television looks a lot more like the actual America we've been seeing for years. Um, so where are your thoughts on this? Do you believe we might be in a culture war?
1: I think it looks like we're Anytime people are in pain or experiencing a loss, or they're frightened, they're going to come from a perspective of scarcity, and so they're going to be defensive and maybe aggressive. And I think that um, equity and change is good if we're always working toward justice and mercy, and even moving forward in a direction that fulfills the the dream of this country that all men and we have to say it now, but all men and women are created equal, then we have to acknowledge that white men have had the bigger piece of the pie for centuries. And then we have to look at those white men as, and I'm a white man, but we have to look at ourselves as um, part of the community. And it's weird to say, but we have to look at them with some sympathy because they're going to experience a loss because that privilege is something that a lot of us don't recognize. And um, so to suddenly not be deferred to, to suddenly not get the bigger piece of the pie that we're used to having is going to be really challenging. And, um, and uh, I think that's a complicated problem that we really have to work hard to get through. Um, and there's I think that the cultural environment that we're looking at now is a lot of white men with power and wealth uh, afraid of losing their position afraid of being less than what they were before and uh, I think that anybody that has the experience of of that kind of loss of being less than what they were before is going to have difficulty and how they act out, how they deal with that, I think is, is the, that's the cultural problem that we have to face. Um, if they deal with it by circling their wagons and trying to shut everybody else down from obtaining a, a level of equality and justice, then that's, uh, then we have to try to use the courts. And if the courts fail us, then we have to use Art and literature and music and theater and anything else that moves culture uh, in a better direction.
0: How do you feel with, uh, are you better off now? It's a Reaganist question. I I like Mm -hmm. saying, I like asking it. Are you better off now than you were four years ago?
1: Uh, I'm assuming that's a financial question, and yes, I am better off
0: now than I was four years ago. All right. Now, would you? give that credit to the current administration where where are you with that or was it just you just made better investments better moves
1: Uh, oh i
0: things just got better
1: i am making more money and i am saving more money i'm living uh i actually made some changes i downsized my house to make it more manageable for me okay um and then started making more uh, contributions to my retirement account and so that's actually improved all right so i think
0: in the long game that's so, awesome uh, um yeah I'm, I'm 62 so i have to think about that <laughs> um, <laughs> all right um and the final is do oh you if i could oh add okay. to yeah, that yeah, though that, that that um i've
1: at my age, I've never been a very anxious person, but uh, I am, have been kidnapped by the the um, sort of intensity and in the conflict and the dissonance in the in the news cycle. Um, I am more worried about this country and about us losing our way. Uh, and
0: well, uh, you know what? Hold that thought because that's kind of where I'm going. Okay. So interviewed a lot of folks that um, during this administration we we, we were at a, uh, a point where we need to decide if the standard of the person who holds the highest position in our country um, represents us. Us, no matter how you look at it. Whoever is President of the United States represents all of us. Not one person, but all of us. And what standard are we at now as American people? Are we okay so long as our lives are better with somebody committing crimes? Uh, are we okay um, if our president uh, could be allegedly an adulterer? I'm going to use a legend okay, for a lot of these, even though I have my own opinion about this, I'm just saying you know, for, for talk's sake. Um, there Where we could make the argument that there was no perfect president. Where do you think we are with when it's gotten to the point where partisan politics seem to control, if you will, the, the way we're going?
1: Well, um, I'll use the example of um, the sort of character I want to see in a politician and a leader. Um, and they do culturally and morally teach us and lead us and uh, I listened to and I really miss his voice when I listened to um, Barack Obama's eulogy for Elijah Cummings uh, yeah, a day or two ago and uh, and it's funny but part of my favorite parts of his presidency were the, uh, the eulogy he did for Reverend Pinkney the eulogy he did for Bo Biden and, uh, and then it was so nice again to hear him give another eulogy because he, he really personifies that preacher, teacher, president. And uh, I like, and I think we miss, and I think the Democratic Party is missing the opportunity to bring some religion back into things, to preach, because there should be separation of church and state, but religion is part of how we find our moral ethical grounding. It's not how everybody finds it, but it's a, it's a part and every religion has some moral ethical gr- grounding and there's a lot of universality in different religions. Oh, I agree, I agree, and, that's um, him, yes, And so uh, I think that to find some truth and justice and uh, to be that preacher, teacher, president, that's what I long to have again you. <music>